From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 238 of the Anxiety Project podcast. I am Brad Robinson. Here we are. Let's talk about depersonalization, derealization, something I'm so passionate about. This is a major, major topic I feel like today because so many people go through it. It's overwhelming. It's confusing. It's debilitating. And no one seems to know the answer to this one. It's what do you do when you're in this state of total confusion? You're feeling all of these strange symptoms, which we will get into. I want to talk about that specifically, how you feel during depersonalization. How do you contend with all of that? And what is your best bet forward to deal with it? Because first thing I do want to say is that the body is attempting to fight to regain control. You might feel like that. You're trying to get a grip over everything, but it's just not working. You actually fall more into the symptoms. You The symptoms rise even, and also you it, it continues. It still persists. So, well, that's what we're going to get into today. The proper way to contend with depersonalization. Major, major symptom of anxiety. Now, before though I dive in, if you're watching the video version and you're wondering what's on my shirt, I'm going to show you what's on my shirt. Yeah, it's Wim Hof and it says breathe up there. And um, I love this shirt. It's awesome. And uh, now that it's summer here in Canada, the cold showers are not as challenging. So I've I've been challenging myself more to ice baths now. And those are, I, I really like them. I really do because they're more of a challenge for me. I need that challenge. I need to conti- continuously uh, up my game, all right? I need just, I do it for me. It's me versus me. I, I just want that challenge. I want the next thing. So uh, colder, colder plunges is what I'm after. I don't have a, I don't have a cold tub. I wish I did. You know, those ones that self monitor themselves, self regulate the temperature themselves. I wish I had that, but if you just buy some ice and put it in your bathtub, then there you go, right? There's your, there's your challenge. So there's always a way to, uh, I know it's more expensive, but there's always a way, you know, I don't do it every day because it, it is expensive to buy ice, but, um, I do have a pool in the backyard and it's freaking cold. And I jump in that during the mornings and it's it's really, really cool. I think right now it's 55 degrees, which is pretty cold. Um, so, but yeah, it, it definitely wakes me up. And I, I do it first thing in the morning because it's a great way to start your day. It's, a, it's, it's great momentum to really do something difficult first thing in the morning. It sets the tone for the day. But anyways... That's what's on my shirt. So I'm sure you guys were wondering if you're watching the video version, but um, let's dive into more of depersonalization today. So 
I recommend that you re-listen to it if you are contending with depersonalization because there's going to be a lot of useful information in this one that you want to ingrain, make sure you fully think about, right? And so, you know, you might not get it all in one listen, so listen to this again. I, I, I highly recommend that. And so depersonalization, derealization, what is this? This is traumatic stress. Something's happening and you cannot believe it's happening. Something's happening and you cannot believe it. Now, we see a great example of this in Groundhog Day. I always talk about, I know I always talk about this movie, but Phil is contending with depersonalization the first morning he wakes up and realizes the same day is repeating. Everything about the day is repeating. Now, this is such a symbolic, it has such symbolic meaning because we all go through this. I know the movie portrays it in such a very unique way, but it's so true to, to the human condition because Phil is a middle-aged man and he's finally confronting the harsh realization of reality that, well, he's middle-aged, he's been in the same routine He's running the same beliefs. He's valuing the same things. He's acting the same way for his whole life and not developing, right? Like he's coming to this, it's just a brick wall that he hits and he can't not look away. It's like in the Buddha story, like uh, he he confronts death and decay in, in this paradisal, walled city and it traumatizes him because you know everything was safe secure known well protected and the harsh realities of existence creeps in and that's the thing it always creeps in no matter what the snake always gets into the garden that's the garden of, garden of eden story the snake will always show up, and what happens when in that in that story, well, they Adam and Eve they take a bite of the fruit of good and evil, and it opens their eyes. And so when you confront this, and, and the fruit is given to them by the snake, so that symbolizes that when you come into contact with the predatory entity, like like the snake or worse, Satan himself, the evil within your own heart, or the evil within the other person's heart, that opens your eyes to the realities of existence and everything that you thought was what you thought is not what you thought. And oh God, that's a that's horrifying because now you have to reorient yourself completely and that's no joke. And so we see Phil wind up in this depersonalization state when he confronts the realities of existence and that he that happens to him when he wakes up and realizes oh no the same day is repeating and we all get to that point you know you show up at work one day and you're sitting at your office desk um and i i say office because usually an office environment you know represent the mundane and uh 
the un the uneventful, unexciting um, environment, right? And you know, it can be exciting if you if, if you balance that appropriately and whatnot. But it's usually depicted in in movies and stuff as as the place that well like i said unexciting uneventful it can be grueling it's not emotionally stimulating in in really meaningful ways but anyways we see that when we are confronted with that realization that we've just been in this automatic state for a long period of time. And we, and, and that's what also I mean by the office environment. It's like you can kind of just get into this daily repetitive routine that everything just becomes automated. Like it's like you get up and you get your coffee and then you drive the same way to work and you talk with the same people and you do the same kind of work every day. It doesn't have to be in an office. You just do the same kind of work every day. And then, and then you have the same kind of food for lunch and then you read the same genre of book, or maybe you watch the same, uh, you know, type of shows that you watch, or you kind of have this routine that you get into, and then you come home, you you make dinner, and you watch something on TV, and then you play with the kids, and then you go to bed, and it's like the same. That's like this the cookie cutter day. And so Phil, he comes into contact with like this harsh reality that oh my god, he's been the same way for a long time. He's been running the same behaviors. He's been in this automated state for a long time, and it wakes him up. He goes, oh my god, like where am I? Like I, I, I'm late 40s 50s i haven't done much i'm like I, i'm not happy it does not mean there's not there's no meaning in my life I've, i'm feeling lost it's this harsh harsh realization that wakes him up and so it's this uh oh everything I thought I knew about myself and the world is wrong. What do I do? And so the dragon of chaos emerges without warning and it pulls you down into the underworld. Now, the un the underworld is a really interesting world. Underworld. It's the world it's the world under the ice you're skating on. And when it breaks, you fall into the underworld. Well, it, down there it's a tangled mess. There's so much that you haven't learned or acknowledged or confronted within yourself or in the world. There's so much information down there that how do you contend with all that information? And that's another thing about depersonalization that you must understand is like when you're in that depersonalization, so much of the outside world, all this information, it's overwhelming to someone with depersonalization, right? Like there's so much information to pay attention to. You don't know what to pay attention to and how to pay attention to it, what's significant, what's not significant. And, and since you're in depersonalization, the body's reacting like everything is significant. Every single thing now is very sensitive to you or is of significance and it's overwhelming and you're exhausted by the end of the day because every part of the day is emotionally draining. And so you're in the underworld when you're suffering from depersonalization, from anxiety. You don't know how to contend with all of this information. And so 
your typical goal direct behavior behavior is is disrupted by this unknown state of of being so like what what's going on here i'm not who i thought i was the world is not what i thought it was my future is uncertain i don't know i don't know anything it's like god you're in the middle of the ocean clinging onto a life preserver at best, right? I was swimming out there, man. I didn't know what I was doing. So when I was experiencing depersonalization, this is what was happening. I felt like um, my whole body was tense. I I felt automated, right? Like I couldn't control my body, bodily movements, my arms and my legs. I couldn't control the words coming out of my mouth. I, when I was walking, it felt like the earth was being tilted from under my feet. I couldn't walk properly. I had to use so much cognitive effort just to walk a few feet in front of me. Um, I remember crossing the street at one point and a car almost Uh, hits me right and I wasn't even paying attention because I was so caught up in this bubble like sphere of confusion that was depersonalization it was it was I was like so I was shrunken back into this internal way of being and because there's so much happening in my external world and everything was too much that I kind of just shrunk away and you know I was not paying attention and so a car almost hit me and then I crossed the road and I was like oh my god I almost got hit by a car why don't I feel really bad about this that's because I'm I was feeling very numb and other ways that you can detect that you have depersonalization you're you're feeling like a fly on the wall like you're observing yourself you don't feel like yourself you feel detached you emotionally numb Um, it's quite quite exhausting but what you really must know is that this is traumatic stress, traumatic stress. I think one of the best depictions of traumatic stress is in the novel by Dostoevsky, Crime and Punishment, which is my favorite novel of all time because going through depersonalization and traumatic stress myself, um, I resonated with the character in the book because Raskolnikov in the book, he is contending with this traumatic stress of a decision that he made. It was the confrontation of his own shadow that drove him far into this traumatic state because he makes this rational decision to murder this old lady, this pawnbroker, for various reasons, legitimate reasons, he's contemplating this. He actually thinks, you know what, the world will greatly benefit Like if I do this, if I kill her, and I take her money and I use it to go to school, and then that'll free my sister from marrying this person, this man that you know I don't like, and that's no good for her. She feels obligated to marry, and you know every every everything about this decision is rash to him. And he kills the landlady, and then he falls into this traumatic state because of the confrontation of his own shadow. Um, his, what he thought was moral turned out not to be moral and it traumatized him. He can't believe what he did. And I experienced this when I cheated in my past 
this was something I contended with. I actually fell into a traumatic state of mind because when I cheated, I, I thought, well, I thought this was, you know, I, I, I thought this over and I thought this would, you know, I thought this was a very justifiable decision for me to do. And I, trust me, I didn't think about it too much. I just thought like, since I'm yearning and desirous of this decision, it must be the right decision. But then I do it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it wasn't the right decision. And it was this confrontation of the snake within my own heart that traumatized me. And it spiraled me into this really traumatic state because I couldn't believe what I did. I was looking at myself. I'm like, who am I? Who am I to do something like that? Like turning my back on what was true deep down in my heart that I didn't want to acknowledge, but was there, that was there. And so, so that's why I love crime and punishment is because it, Dovsievsky brilliantly explores the state of mind of one who, who confronts the darkest parts of the them and how, how that actually lays itself out and it's not pretty man it's not pretty and so raskolnikov when he kills the landlady he's no longer the same person he was before he kills the 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 pawnbroker and that's how i felt when i cheated i was no longer the same person i didn't know who i was or who i'm going to be or what was my past or what's to come of my future. I didn't know what to do. And it just drove me into this deep, dark state where I couldn't leave my bed. I was walking around in this, this fog-like state, automatic state, and I was very closed off and reserved. And I was shocked. I was shell-shocked of what I did. And so just know that the unknown for someone dealing with depersonalization is at the forefront of their reality, right? That's at the forefront of your reality and you can't help but to look at it all the time, right? Continuously. And that's why you obsess over the feelings. The brain is attempting to make sense over this chaotic state of mind. We are problem-solving creatures after all. But most of us don't know how to properly resolve such a confusing state of mind. And so that's why I'm here to talk to you guys about is, you know, I used to beat myself up for being in this unusual state of mind. I'd think I was going crazy. I would think I'm unique, weak for not being able to get a grip over myself and the world around me, feeling like this state will never end, wanting desperately to control it, to resolve it. But the more I fought with it to gain control, the more it persisted. And so the brain wants to avoid pain. That makes sense, right? Because even if you want to take a cold shower, what happens? Well, the brain you kind of unconsciously do other things like brush your teeth, sweep under the cabinet, tidy up some papers, 
You do other things that are difficult, but not as difficult as the thing that you're about to do. And the brain kind of sidetracks and says, it's trying to justify not doing it by doing other difficult things. But like, that's not useful because you want to do the difficult things, right? Like jump in the damn shower. It's important to bypass that voice that's saying not to do it. Because when you actually finally do something that's difficult, you actually build a lot of uh, resilience in the mind and body. And you just show yourself that you're stronger, stronger than you actually are, right? And so the more you let that circuit win, the more it grows, right? And so it takes practice to bypass that circuit. It takes practice. But the more you do it, the more easier it becomes. It's like, nope, I know the voice is there telling me to not, not to do it. But you know what? Just like yesterday, I'm, I'm jumping in the shower. And so for me, dealing with depersonalization, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I was unique, feeling like it will never end. And so the brain wants to avoid pain and pull you away from the pain. But... It's what you avoid that will transform you. The body and the mind becomes more resilient if it is exposed to extreme things, to the things that cause you fear. If you're exposing your body to, in your mind, to temperatures, extreme temperatures, you're challenging it to exercise, uh, breathing exercises, intellectual challenge, and then you you will, in your entirety, become more resilient, right? You discover different parts of yourself that you never knew existed. This is the hallmark of psychotherapy, to confront what you don't want to confront, and this will transform you. And so when you accept your situation, dealing with depersonalization, then you are no longer fighting it. Letting go is what's required to relieve depersonalization. Let me say that again. Letting go is what's required to relieve depersonalization. You have to stop caring. You fight so hard not to lose control, but you have to let go and face the fears and see what happens if you lose control. You have to accept your situation. You have to let go and see what happens. And then you might realize, hey, I can let go and it's not as bad as I thought it was. I'm trying so hard to gain control. Let go. Accept it. Accept your situation. And you know what is so interesting? This is the first step to overcoming a serious addiction or to overcome anxiety in general. To, over, to, to progress forward is to first accept your situation. Accept the fact that you're suffering. You know, maybe you're trying to grab onto drugs, alcohol, reassurance, your doctor, 
or your family, you're trying to grab onto external means to numb, soothe, and distract yourself from the concerns and the pain. But once you accept the fact that, hey man, my way of being is not working, I don't know what to do, let go. Release yourself and see what where you fall. This was something that was so unbelievably eye-opening to me when I was going to bed with depersonalization. I was tr- I was like my body was a stiff board while I was sitting in bed and my eyes were awake. And I was like how am I going to get to bed? I'm I'm ruminating and obsessing. The the brain is obsessing, right, over what's going on trying to make sense of it. And so I, then I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to let go, see what happens. I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. My whole body, I can tell my whole body is fighting. What if I just take a breath and just let go? Let go. And I, I kept doing it. I kept letting go. I kept telling myself, let go, let go, let go. And then eventually I fell asleep. So imagine that, entering bed in a complete, paralyzed, bored-like state. Tight, my whole body was tight as a board. And I was awake, obsessing, ruminating. And I kept saying, let go. And I got to a point where I actually fell asleep. It was truly eye-opening. That's the solution. You have to let go and stop caring. You have to learn to let go. I'll leave a link in this podcast to a video I did about letting go that you need to watch. Just let go. Also, what helps people with depersonalization is confront the major life-changing events that led up to the depersonalization. What are the significant emotional circumstances of your past? Did something happen to you? Did you hurt someone emotionally, physically, Did someone hurt you? What happened? You have to contend with this stuff. Now, you may want to work with a coach to sort through these. Um, I recommend that. That's why so many people come to me for coaching is because they have a lot to contend with. They need help sorting it out. They need the right tools and strategies. They, They need the right plan. And so you can sign up for coaching with me or if you want to talk to somebody else, that's fine. But you ha- maybe talking to somebody will help you sort out many of the chaotic states. If you're interested in coaching, head on over to unpluganxiety.com. Under coaching, you can view my coaching packages there. But um, you can do this on your own too. I have a meditation that you can do in resolving past unresolved situations that are highly emotional to you and that you're still holding on to. And so I recommend that you do that meditation. It's on my channel. If you go to meditations, it's a releasing trauma meditations in that playlist, the the meditations playlist. So go there. Also writing about the situation, writing about what happened in detail, and then writing about how could this event be of benefit to me now? looking at it from a different perspective. That's called reframing. Looking at changing the meaning of the event changes the emotion. That's huge. So how could this 
event be of benefit to me now? Did I learn something from it? How could I avoid this again in the future if it were to pop up again, right? How Maybe there's something I did that made me fall into this situation. Um, it could be that, right? Or it could be a random a traumatic experience that happened to you. And so understanding maybe the person that hurt you will help you resolve that, right? Like if I've seen clients resolve really damaging events caused by their relatives and they have to explore the psychology of their relatives. Well, what could make my dad do what he did? right? Maybe it was his dad that hurt him. Like what kind of childhood did he have? How could someone like that do that to somebody else? And that'll help you reframe and look at that situation from a different perspective. But I I recommend that you dive into your past. That's, That's the beauty of the Jonah and the whale story. The symbolic meaning behind that story is that when Jonah is in the whale, which means it represents the chaotic underworld that he's in, that's depersonalization, that's like being in this traumatic stress. You don't know where you are, don't know what to do, don't know how to get out of this situation. But what Jonah does is he he goes over his life with a fine-tooth comb and and examines how he wound up in this situation that he's in. So he has to look inwards because when you when you look inwards at yourself and what you, the steps it you took to wind up in that situation, hey man, that's unbelievably useful because that's you're you're taking control of a, of the situation in the right way. Right? Like you have more control over your circumstances than you think. And then maybe once you realize the steps it you took to wind up there, then you can avoid it again in the future. And that's useful because then you don't have to think about it anymore. Your unconscious mind doesn't have to hold on to it anymore. So before moving forward, clean up the past. Slow down your life. Give back to yourself in new ways. Sometimes you just have to reanalyze your whole situation and you have to step back. And that's great because on the other side of this is a new you, a well-developed, healed, uh, realized, actualized individual but you have to go down into the underworld. I mean, look at the Lion King. Simba is guided down into the underworld by Rafiki, right? Remember, he wanders through that thicket of, what was it? It was like vines and thorns and until he reaches the pool of water, which he looks into, right? That whole scene is about him venturing down into the underworld. You have to go through the tangled mess in order to look 
deeper into your own being. Like you have to just go down there. You have to explore what's what's in there. And that's hard work. That's nobody many people don't want to do that. They don't want to look at themselves and go, well, what what am I doing daily that I know to be wrong, but I just can't seem to stop doing. It's like, oh my God, if you just said that in two seconds, you'll come up with an answer, right? Or if you just think about what are the heart, what are the very emotional memories of my past that I haven't contended with or fully resolved and man, you'll come up with so many, you'll just have to write them all down like me, right? There were so many uh, uh, past unresolved memories that I had to contend with. It's just one at a time, work at it one at a time. And you will see that once you resolve one of those memories, oh my God, (laughs) it'll release so much heavy weight on your shoulders that it'll greatly drive you to do the next one maybe a day later. I don't expect, I don't want you to do all these memories in one day. I want you to take your time, do one like if you were to do one today, take a few days off, maybe even a week, do it once a week. Give yourself time to heal and confront these difficult parts of yourself and your history. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. So just to recap, the main point, well, there's so many in this episode, but the main point I want to expressed to you is you have to stop caring and you have to let go, okay? When it comes to trying to gain control over your depersonalization, your confused, traumatic state of mind, it's it's overwhelming. It, it seems like you're shackled into this, into this state. But letting go is falling into, you could say, the hands of God. You could say falling into acceptance. Thank you, everybody. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery.